0: Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 20. It says, Thou sayest, but thou art but vain words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, unto all those who trust in him. Egypt is a type of the world system. Having a reverence for the works of man, for mammon, for money, for pleasure, for entertainment, for prestige. These are the things that were esteemed in Egypt. And men and even demons, according to Paul, were worshipped as gods. Pharaoh is a type of the Antichrist spirit or the devil himself because it was him that God's children had fallen in bondage to. And so what's taking place in this passage is that the Assyrians had come against Israel and Israel had begun to fight in the flesh. They looked to their logic, their finances, their material things. And then when that ran out and all proved itself fruitless, they eventually turned to making deals with Egypt. Now, Egypt had already proven itself to be an enemy of God and of his people. That had no desire for their good but only to steal, kill, and destroy and enslave them and bring them back into bondage to it. So it was very unwise for them to lean upon it for their deliverance and their salvation. This is why he likened it to the insanity of trying to lean upon a sharp reed to hold you up in your weakness. Because that the reed will simply pierce your hand and end up hurting you more in the end. There will be no deliverance. But the latter end will be worse than the former when you trust in the things of Egypt. And so then we see because that the Assyrians were coming against the Israelites and they were sore afraid that they would fall into the hands of this enemy, they turned they turned in their haste to Egypt, hoping that Egypt could deliver them. So for us today, this is a type of the church who had more faith in the tools of the land and worldliness, Who trust more in the creations of man, in the idols of the culture, and even in demons than they do in the king of kings who offers them true deliverance. But God's deliverance never comes the way we expected. It It comes by faith faith and in supernatural ways. But Egypt, he offers something you can see, something that's easy, but it always comes with a price. And so the Israelites, in their fear and in their anxiety, they did not stop to seek the Lord and have faith for him alone to deliver them. And so they began to lean on the things of Egypt. In our own personal lives, we can be guilty of this depending more on our careers and finances and even in our friends than we do in the prayer closet but I think for the church there's an even greater guilt in this because they set the example that the individual is following when they trust more in the committee meeting than they do in the prayer meeting when they trust more in their ungodly allegiances with those who they know are not being led by the right spirit than they do in the true anointing And the simple, unadulterated truth of the word of God, when you allow people to really hear it, untainted, untwisted, unfiltered, uncompromised, when we have faith, it will cause faith to arise in the God who is salvation. And so the Israelites in this situation, they trusted more in the material things that Pharaoh could offer them. They had faith in his tools to deliver them from this present foe, but not in a supernatural God who had already defeated Egypt and Pharaoh, putting them to an open shame over and over again. Remember in 2nd Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, it says of Jesus himself, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it God delights in making an example of the limitations of the enemy but when we put our faith in those things it ties his hands so that he cannot use us to prove these truths through us if we are willing to stand on the word of God stand in faith preach it speak it believe it and be it be a demonstration of it which is the very reason that the Holy Ghost was given us then God will allow the enemy to rise up against us like a flood. But then he himself will step in to deliver us. And in doing so, does he prove not only his approval of us for standing in faith in him alone, but he also proves that the enemy has already been dethroned and that he is greater. And that when we put our trust in him, we will see true deliverance, true salvation, True miracle manifestations of the limitless power of our God that will inspire another generation. Because you see, what I'm reading to you is from the time of Hezekiah. And in the time of Hezekiah, there was no demonstration within his generation for the people to believe in the supernatural deliverance of their king, but they had heard of it by the word of God. They had the scripture and Hezekiah was the only one among them. In fact, the Bible says that there was no king before him or after him like unto Hezekiah because he saw it in the word. He believed it and he determined to stand in faith against all the opposition of the enemy so that the people could see the faithfulness and deliverance of their king. When one man is willing to simply do what he says and inspire others to do the same. You see, Israel is a type for the church. In fact, Israel was the church. And the church of today often does the same thing that the Israelites were doing in the time of King Hezekiah. They trust more in the devil, his tools, and the secular world system to defeat their present foe than in the God who has already defeated them and proven himself stronger and more powerful than anything that the enemy has to offer. Money, men, meetings, material, political affiliations, military might, famous names, stages, lights, horses, chariots, all the backing of Egypt cannot do what God can do. He's just looking for one man or woman of faith to proclaim it so that he can demonstrate it and prove it to those who have never seen it. But like King Hezekiah, I've read it in the scriptures and I choose to believe it and stand firm on it and not think that I need anything more than my Lord, crying out in prayer and fasting and dedication, believing that he will step in and bring deliverance in every situation, whether it's a lost loved one or a lost nation. Let me tell you something, my friend, if God can raise a man from the dead, then he can also raise a dead situation, a dead congregation and even a dead nation. I have faith that my God is able and is able to do it without the tools of Egypt, without ungodly affiliations, without compromise, famous names or mighty stages. Not that those things are particularly wrong, but if that's where your faith is, then he's not going to show up for it, because he will not endorse it. It's idolatry. It's putting your faith in the chariots of Egypt, when the king who has already defeated them is standing by saying, why won't you believe in me? I've already proven myself stronger than this enemy. In 2 Kings chapter 19 verse 1 it says, And it came to pass, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Elikim, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength left to bring forth. It may be that the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh whom the king of assyria his master hath sent to reproach the living god and will reprove the words which the lord thy god hath heard wherefore lift up thy prayer for the remnant that is left understand what is happening here the messengers of assyria spoke great blasphemous words against God in the ears of the people. They boasted of their victories and proclaimed the impossibility of their defeat. They offered great material blessings to those who would come into agreement and allegiance with them. And all of the people, they were so weak and wearied and afraid that they wanted to compromise. And they were weak. But yet one man stood against them and he cried out in prayer and fasting. One man believed enough in God to be grieved by these blasphemies against him. One man determined to take a stand and trust God to defend it. So Hezekiah prayed. He cried out to God. He knew this was an opportunity to birth revival in his nation. This was a chance for them to see the deliverance of the Lord in a way that had not been seen for many generations, but the people did not have the strength to bring it to birth, to fight it through. They were so afraid of this enemy and their faith so defeated. All they had seen was nation after nation fall before them because these other congregations They weren't pure before the Lord. They weren't trusting in the Lord. They were not defended by the king of kings, but all they could see was this enemy running over them time and time again. They were worn out, outmanned, And in their fear and frustration, they had tried the same tactics that all these other nations had used, even though it had already been proven to not work. Assyria had actually already defeated Egypt. So this enemy was even greater than the ones they were asking to help to defend them. This is the insanity of the logic that a person will reach to when they don't stop and seek the Lord and have faith in him and try to win their battles by the works of their own hands and the works of men and their own logic. These people were worn out and outmanned. They had exhausted themselves and their resources trying to bring this thing about by their own plan and with their own hands. Their faith was shaken They had no demonstration in their own generation to draw confidence for deliverance from this impossible situation. So Hezekiah took it upon himself, fasting and praying. And the Lord was pleased in this one man's faith in him, while all else trusted more in the strength of Egypt. And so God responded. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 20, it says, Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, said to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee. And laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice? And lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel. Verse 34, for I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. You see, because one man was willing to stand in faith and proclaim in the ears of the people that God was able, and to set the stage for the faith of others to be placed in him alone, was God willing to step down from his throne and defeat this enemy all on his own. After all, the battle was the Lord's to begin with. The offense was against him. God only needed a mouth, not an army. He did not need them to hire the enemy to come into allegiance and agreement with it and give him free access to God's land and inheritance. In fact, the only reason he could not previously defend them was because they did this. And he could not move to endorse it. Had he done so, it would have built their faith in that which God hates. So God waited. He waited for one and Hezekiah was the one. He stood in faith on the basis of what he had read in the text. He believed it, quoted it, and related to the people. He built their faith by reminding them of God's faithfulness to Joshua, Moses, and Elijah when they trusted in him and him only. And because of the faith of this one man, his refusal to bow to the gods of men or compromise with the culture or the world system and his dedication to stand in faith to the God of scripture, even to the death, God stepped in and delivered them with a demonstration that was unmatched in his generation and still inspires all to this day. God doesn't need Pharaoh, Egypt, or the tools of it to accomplish the work of his kingdom he only needs a man or woman willing to speak the truth then have the courage to stand in faith that god will move to prove it in second chronicles chapter 32 verse 7 we read the words of king hezekiah to his congregation and he said be strong and courageous be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of assyria nor for the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with them. With him is the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord God Almighty to help us to fight our battles and the people rested themselves. Upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Lord, give us faith like King Hezekiah, Lord, let us be the one that you are looking for, that we'll be willing to stand in faith that you can do the impossible and and you don't need the help of the enemy to do it. Lord, that we cannot compromise the truth of your word. We must pray, obey, say what you want us to say, and then stand in faith that you will move to prove. The validity of your own words because your word is power. Your word is authority. Your word is might. Your rhema is the sword that goes forth in the earth and attacks the enemy and proves to the people over and over again that he's already been defeated. But when we put our trust in him and his tools and his tactics, you must take your hands out of it. So we see nation after nation, congregation after congregation, person after person falling to this enemy because they're not putting their trust trust in you. They're not obeying. They're not walking in righteousness. They're not trusting what you say, reading your word and walking in agreement with it, seeking your spirit and having faith in what they heard when you spoke to them in the secret closet. But they keep going back to these other things, these horses and chariots, to money, to career, to entertainment, to technology, to psychology, to the multitude of their mighty men, their friends, their committees, their meetings. But they're not bending the knee to the king, the one they really needed, the deliverer. Because I believe in the name of Jesus, because Jesus means he shall save his people from their sins, and I believe, God, that you are able to deliver, that you can step in by supernatural means, just like I read of in the scripture from the Old Testament to the New. I believe in the God that parts the seas. I believe in the God that reached out his hands and say, come out and walk upon the waters. I believe in the God that raised dead men to life. I believe that nothing is too hard for me, because if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead rules and reigns inside my mortal body, then will anything be impossible? for those who believe God help our unbelief and cause us to fix our eyes on you and we pray that you move in a mighty demonstration that will help to strengthen the faith of this faithless generation thank you for listening to heart of worship church podcast for more podcasts sermon videos daily devotions great new worship music and more Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.